Hi, it's That Stack of Books. I'm Nancy Pearl. I'm Steve Scherer. Jennifer Collins-Fredericks. Jeff Lance. Susie Lance. Judy Ostro. Stephen Merlino. Catherine Merlino. Maya Merlino. Carol Seidel. Tom Bird. Roz Bird. Keith Cook. That's good. That's a big table. It's a big table in a quiet restaurant so we can all hear each other. Until later when we start yelling, disagreeing about awards. What, what prompted you thinking about awards? Well, I'm on an awards committee called the uh, Carnegie um, Award for Excellence in Fiction and Nonfiction from the American Library Association. This is the fourth year that I'm the chair of the committee. And, um, and I was, pr prior to that, um, one of the fiction judges for the Pulitzer Fictions. Remember that, Steve? Yeah, we yeah. talked about that. So um, I've been thinking a lot about awards and what they mean and how frustrating it is when a book that you think is wonderful doesn't get uh, doesn't win anything or get on the short list or when a book that you've disliked intensely wins as more frequently happens with me and I just wondered you know do other people pay attention to awards what do they mean how do you how do you you know there's four major awards um, three or four major uh, literary awards the Pulitzers the National Book Critics Circle Award the National Book Awards we, we in the library profession like to think the Carnegie Awards are going to someday be up there, but there's the Penn Awards. Um, you know, oh, you there's could, the Booker, and then Canada and, has one too, right? Yes, the Governor General's Award, the Booker Prize. Um, also, there's a new, oh, there's a new award uh, coming out of Great Britain called the Folio Award. So there's tons of awards, and you know, of course, you could spend your time much uh, in much worse ways than just reading a diet of award-winning books. But what does it mean? All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Before we get a, a more broad answer to that question, Stephen, since I have you here, didn't you didn't you win an award for your yes, book? Yes, a much much more modest award. It was a, a regional award, Pacific Northwest Writers Association Literary Competition. For and for the book. The Jack of Souls is the name of the book. What did that mean for you personally? For me personally, um, it meant quite a lot. It was, it was affirmation, and it was also... Um, I th affirmation is, is certainly important, but it also meant that it gave me some credibility to people. Um, approaching agents, approaching readers. It helps, I think, readers distinguish... Uh, it, it just sets you just a, just a little bit above it there's been a little bit of screening done for you and um and that's that's worth something especially for indie authors or very new writers um it sets you just a little ap apart and that's nice because yeah. it's a it's a big pond <laughs> yeah it's a whole planet yeah i mean uh, that's a great that's a great exactly to your point yeah right yes yeah and it's interesting um it's interesting that how important awards are because for the most part those big awards are not going to first-time writers I mean there are a lot you know you know I can think of several uh, Pulitzer winners or National Book Award winners or especially National Book Critics Circle Award winners which tend to be a, a little more offbeat than the other two and therefore a delight to encounter um, that were first novels or first collections of short stories Phil Clay's book Redeployment um, is one example of that. But um, in general, those, those winners are going to be well-known names um, that have already made their mark. Do you want to 
tell us some dirt before we get even more specific? Like what, what book, what book did you judge and think not at all worthy that, come on, you could just give us, just whisper it to us, Nancy. No, you're not going there at all. I can't remember. Oh, also, you'd probably be, you'd probably be drummed out of the, uh, you'd be drummed out. No, but I'll tell you the year that I was a Pulitzer judge, um, uh, uh Olive Kitteridge was the book that won, and and uh, that was my absolutely that was my f favorite book of the year. And it, it's interesting with the Pulitzer Awards, the there are three judges, um, and my year it was me. It was the then book editor of the uh, New Orleans Times Picayune, and it was a professor emeritus professor of English and writing at Hollins College, and we just had this wonderful. We did everything by consensus. We just ended up with three books that we all thought were very worthwhile. And then you send those, and then you write, um, you write a justification for each one of those three winning without saying which one the committee chose for a second or third. And then they, then that list goes to um, the Pulitzer board, which selects the winner. And some years the Pulitzer board declines to select a winner they've re they reject the judge's choice and so if you look at the list of pulitzer prize winners there are some years that say no fiction award given no nonfiction award given so my my huge fear was <laughs> that you know that we would choose these three books um none of which were by big names and they would be rejected but what was the conversation? What did you discuss? You didn't just say, oh, I loved this book. No, no, and, and um, what we discussed, when we first started, when we were sort of all getting to know each other on the phone, um, we talked about what was the most important thing to us in an award-winning book, in a Pulitzer book. And we all agreed that the most important thing was how well the book was written. Did the language really make us glad that we were reading it and nobody cared very much about nobody cared my memory is this is some years ago now but nobody cared very much about plot you know it didn't have to move fast nobody cared didn't have to move quickly nobody cared that there was you know an intricate plot what we were concerned about was how it was written and how well developed the characters were and that's it and that's very different from an ordinary from what's on the bestseller list, which mm -hmm. are, which are primarily plot-driven novels that um, that move quickly and you know some are better written than others, but that's not what's making them bestsellers. So, so your question to us is is how do we respond to those mm -hmm. awards and, and all those? So, Maya, can I ask you a question? Because I saw you reading earlier, and and you're the youngest person at the table. Uh, there's, there's also what the Caldecott, the Newberry when you're very young, and then there's, there's what are the mid-level mid awards? So the Newberry, you're too old for the Newberry now. Um, so the, the best, one of the best awards for young adults is the Prince Award, P-R-I-N-T-Z. Um, so there's that. There's also a great award um, for the best, well, there's a list that the American Library Association does of the best adult books for young adult readers. So I'm curious, does, do awards ever mean anything to you in the books you've chosen in your life so far? Well, I always like, I always read the back cover. I don't really care about awards because like, awards kind of like, to me, I feel like it's someone's opinion on a book. 
and it's just like it might be better than actually someone else might think. Awards, I don't really pay attention yeah. to them mostly. Like, I think it looks cool on the cover, but like, yeah. you know. It, it does look cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but that's an, an yeah. answer right to your heart, huh? Totally. That's, that's, that's the answer that just makes my heart both happy and sad because awards are, in the end, just one person's or two or three or five people, however many on the committee, their point of view, you know, their selection. And, and yet we give them so much credence. So I'm happy... I'm happy you're finding your books other ways. Did you find your books other ways? You know, when, when I used awards a lot for my children's reading when they were small, but for my own reading, no. And, you know, for my, for my kids' books, I'd see if it was an award-winning, I'd skim it, which meant that I didn't have to read it closely, <laughs> and, and I could make quicker decisions. Um, but for my own reading, I'll just read anything that happens to go through my you know, line of sight. That was Sarah, by the way. Do you do, you do awards, Jennifer? Um, I think sometimes we feel like, I, so I belong to a book club, and we all have to bring books for the rest of the group to vote on. And I think we feel sometimes that we've gotten duped a little bit because we do get the ones, the awards, that they realize if you do the close reading that the award wasn't for that book. It was for that author's work or something like that, and this might be their third or fourth book, and it wasn't of the same quality of what maybe originally had given prestige to this author. So um, I think that one of the people in book club does lo love the Booker Award, does seem to find that the Booker Award somehow does translate into something that she finds that it's, they're along, she and the, whoever awards the Booker Prize seem to align in their reading tastes. But, um, and I do, I think maybe it's the National Books Critics Circle Award. I do find that one, maybe it is because you were saying that it's not necessarily the author's whole work but it's for a particular book and it could be a new book so I do find that one if I see that if I'm in the airport and I'm looking for something I've got to pick up something quickly I'll look for that. I wonder if you'd say something about the Hugo and the Nebula Awards which are not done by committee but by large bodies of, of, of authors in the case of the Nebula and fans in the case of the Hugo both right. of these being um, science fiction and fantasy awards. The Hugo and, uh, the, and the Nebula Awards are both uh, kind of the touchstones for greatness in, uh, in, in science fiction, in the science fiction and fantasy world. Uh, it's really a great occasion when the two overlap and the same book wins. And so I always feel like if the same book has won for both, both groups, that that's a book that I want to read. Gateway by Frederick Pohl is one that, that, that both groups, uh, that was their, the, the winner that year, and that's certainly one of the best science fiction books, I think, ever. Are, are there um, contemporary fiction awards that are awarded along those same lines, either from publishers or by the People's Choice? Well, the Romantic Times magazine does a romance uh, award every year. Um, for mysteries, there's a ton of mystery, a ton of mystery awards. The Agatha Awards for the cozy mysteries, um, the Hugh, the um, Edgar, Ed Edgar, the Edgar Awards uh, for best novel, best short story, best uh, first novel. You know, a whole bunch of different categories. And I, I mean, I think one way, if one good thing about um, one way to use awards is to is to concentrate on the short lists, you know, like the five finalists for the Booker Prize, and read those. And the Edgar Awards, though, you know, the five best novels. I'll always try those. That's great. You know, when 
when we would uh, get books at the radio station, oh, you get them too, when you got them too, we would often be sent a book and it was, um, you know, nominee for National Book Critics Circle or something. And that, in and of itself, was enough to give the publisher, use that to get attention. Yes, but what people don't realize is that the publishers self-nominate for the Pulitzer Prize. So it's not that those are part of the, you know, it's not the long list, it's not the short list. Um, so you have to just take everything on a book, wow. everything on a book cover, everything on a book with this huge grain of salt. As your former producer, I was going to say, I feel like you should have told us that a long time ago. <laughs> really. I was going to ask a question, though, jumping back to the Caldecott uh, Award. Is that for art or for the story? The Caldecott Award is for the best picture book of the year. And the best picture book of the year, t for, a, for a book to be, the be a good picture book, there has to be a marriage of text and art. And the text without the art shouldn't work and the art without the text shouldn't work. It really is a combination. That raises a question for me because the one Caldecott award-winning book I remember owning as a child was Charles Perrault's Cinderella with some artist doing it, which doesn't seem to fit into the category you just said. I remember those illustrations. When you said that, I can kind of see the book in my, in my head. Um, and I don't know what the justification is. Th those, those two awards, the Newberry Award, the Caldecott Award, and now the Prince Award are voted on. There's a committee of librarians um, who choose those particular books. An interesting study, an interesting thing would be to look at the Newberry Awards, which have changed so much. And, um, you, you know, uh, the early ones, I think a lot of kids would say are just unreadable now. Johnny Tremaine, great, great, historical novel about the Revolutionary War, absolutely one of the best. And the woman who wrote it, Esther Forbes, wrote it because she won the Pulitzer Prize for her biography of Paul Revere and had so much research left over that she wrote, she wanted to write this book for teens. But kid, it's very hard, in my years as a children's librarian, it's very hard to get kids to read it because it's so slow, so character-driven even though it's a wonderful plot and you learn so much about the Revolutionary War. Anybody else uh, thoughts about awards? Anybody get a book because awards are interesting? I have a brother who one of his goals is to read something by every Nobel winner. It seems like they've had some pretty obscure ones. And so a few years ago, there was a Romanian German woman, Herta Mueller, and I read The Appointment and I completely loved it. It was tense, it was spare, it was poetically written, kind of stunning in a way, um, short, but I was just reading on the way over because I'd kind of forgotten a lot of details. The New York Times review of it completely panned it because it didn't have a, the arc of a novel. It's just a woman's basically stream of consciousness thought as she's going to the appointment to be interrogated about something she's allegedly done on her job. And it's in Romania, takes place in Romania during the regime of Sesescu. So it's, it's pretty tense, but I thought it was beautifully written. In general, I think for Nobel, you're going to find better writing and things worth reading, but I don't necessarily pick out because of awards. Well, with the Nobel, you are definitely doing a writer's body of work. 
whereas for the Pulitzer and the NBCC and the National Book Award, it's that book, which is which is kind of interesting. Um, I I didn't read that the appointment by Herta Muller or Mueller, but I did read. I think it's called The Land of Green Plums or one of her other books, which was absolutely beautiful. But we're at such a disadvantage here in the United States because we get relatively so few translated works. So when Patrick Modiano won, I, I think last year, um, it was a small publisher in Massachusetts, David Godine, who had what, what few books there were in English in print, he had them, which was a boon for him. But um, I think it just goes to show that translated works are, are, but, are not so as popular. But isn't that what makes the Nobels great and maybe comes back to this question of whether awards are valuable because so many of the authors in the Nobel Prize, especially in the last 10 years as they've really made an effort to be international, are writers most Americans never heard about. Yeah, I mean the big, you know, Alice Munro won last year and that was, I, I have to say, I, I, it, was a, it was a wonderful award. I mean, she, I think she totally deserved it, but I, I was just stunned. I mean, I'd never even thought about that. Um, but what a great choice. So yeah, I mean, there are, we're so narrow. We as a country are, are, are still so narrow in our, in our reading. There's, I mean, publishers now are bringing out a lot more books in translation. Europa Publishers um, in, in New York brings out a ton of translated mysteries, a lot of uh, noir from different countries, uh, all of those. But, but we don't get, you know, we don't get a lot of French, you know, that kind of French intellectual <laughs> novels that are, that are so popular there. We just don't get them. And, and probably we don't get them because they won't sell as much as people would want. And yet, the, so the, the French have a prize yes. they give for their literature. Most, most every nation must, right? Yes. So there is another way to, even if not translated, to get a sense of what the world of literature is doing mm -hmm. around, the, around the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a great way to start, you know, to, to every year to read uh, the Governor General's Award. I mean, there's Canada so close to us in Seattle. You know, I mean, it's a big country. And they, those are wonderful, wonderful. Generally, I will just say, those are wonderful books. We have a... 13-year-old granddaughter, and what role does the your peer group play in what you read? We all kind of like stay in the group and we're always reading the same books, but some of us like have like different different ways of like looking at books. All my friends and peers or whatever, um, like they always tell me like what kind of books like I should read. They don't tell me like what I have to read. They're like suggest it and they always have like the best the best ways to describe the book um, me and a couple like groups of families go to this uh, place in Chelan Wapato Point and we share a house and at the end of the week that we do in summer um, we me and all the girls at the sh like all the teenage teenage we call the us the Chelanigans um, and so we create a book list, and so we just have like write down all these books that we want to read by the next year of Chelan. That is great. You might have to you might have to share that because I just want to say Chelanigans. You should probably just hashtag that and send it out. That's very good. 
<laughs> well, Steve, you brought this in from the free library outside, and this was the Carnegie Award winner a couple years ago, and it's Robert Massey's um, biography of Catherine the Great. Robert Massey wrote uh, Nicholas and Alexandra, which was just, I remember reading it when it first came out. Catherine the Great is just a, a fantastic historical biography. And if, if that's, if you know, you have an interest in historical biography, if you have an interest in, in Russia, in, in Europe at that time, this is a marvelous, she was an amazing woman. And uh, this book just really tells it all. I love nonfiction and I love historic fiction. <clears throat> and my mother used to call me Catherine the Great, so I'm going to read that book because it sounds great. Um, but I'm a huge fan also of our hometown, Eric Larson. And In the Garden of Beasts is one of my absolute favorite books. And I was just looking up because I don't actually know if he uh, won any awards to it. I know he's a best-selling author and I know he's a great speaker. We had him, I had him come to the University of Washington and speak once on... Uh, the Devil in the White City because I work in the architecture department and teach there and and he came up and said well I don't know anything about architecture and I said yeah well you describe it so well and everything is you feel like you can walk through the places he writes. Yeah uh, be cheered he has a new one called Dead Wake about the sinking of the Lusitania. I watched a really great movie last week that was based on a novel called Mr. Pip and uh, Hugh Laurie was in was in the film set in uh, Bougainville in New Guinea and uh, all about the power of literature to shape character and to shape lives through voice. I thought the most wonderful uh, moment in the film, and I imagine the book too, was when he says, whisper your name to yourself. Nobody else has ever said your name in that voice. I started Great Expectations just, just out of that, watching that movie. I didn't even know there was a movie of Mr. Pip. And with Hugh Laurie, that, what a wonderful casting of that. On Netflix, so find it there. Thank you all. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, at That Stack. You can also find us at thatstackofbooks.com. You can also find what Nancy Pearl is doing at nancyperl.com. Write us. Tell us what you're reading. You can email us at thatstackofbooks at gmail.com. Also post on the Facebook page or give us a few tweets. We'd like to know what you're reading. We'll be back at the Bryant Corner Cafe on the 21st of April. Recording at about 3 or 3.15. Why don't you drop by, share some of your books, and put some questions to Nancy Pearl. Thanks a lot. Happy reading.